On today's Gary Morgan Monday edition of Locked On Pirates, we're going to be discussing the upcoming series against the St. Louis Cardinals and why it could mean a lot for these kids moving forward. Paul Skeen's made another start on Sunday, and it appears that he's going to be moving up, but where? And is it the last chance for some of these kids heading into 2024? We're going to talk about all of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by Game Time. You are Locked On Pirates. Your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith. To my right, as always, on Mondays is Gary Morgan. Thank you guys for being a little um, thoughtful for me last week with being on muscle relaxers for the whole like first half of the week last week with my back. Yes, I know I'm 24 and have back issues. Great. Let's get it kicked off early. But before we kick off today's show, the Queen has something to say to you guys. She asked me, to do this, and I think it's a wonderful thing to promote here on the show. Uh, of course, we're excited to tell you about a unique fan-inspired design from DC4L Custom Tees, the spooky season bucko. The shirt is awesome. Uh, you can find the link on her Twitter. You can find that link everywhere, or just reach out to her. She'll send you the link as well. Um, he's throwing a sleepy hollow slider for a great cause. The Miracle League of Western Pennsylvania needs their field resurfaced. Of course, through October 31st, you could probably figure that out with the theme of the shirt. DC4L Custom Tees will donate $5 per shirt and or hoodie sold featuring the spooky season bucko and Pirates Queen Banshee. And I, I can never pronounce that, so I'm not going to pronounce it wrong. Um, we'll donate a dollar to the MLWPA for each of the first $100 sold. So if you guys want to do that, reach out to her. She'll give you more info on it, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's a great thing that they're doing. And yes, yeah, spooky season is not far away, folks. We're already almost at the end of August. And Gary, with that said, um, being near the end of August, it's no shock that for the third straight year of me doing this show, this team is not in a position for the playoffs unless they miraculously make a crazy run being nine and a half games out of a wild card. But you have a series against St. Louis this week and Chicago, but Chicago will I'll get into later this week where if you would have told me that on August 21st, the Pittsburgh pirates and St. Louis Cardinals would have a series and be separated by half a game in fourth and fifth place and, you know, not first or second or even second and third, I probably would have laughed at you. And that's the series that we have upcoming. And according to my MLB app, there is TBD on who the Pirates are throwing out there. And I have not seen anything as to who's going to be thrown out there starting pitching wise. But what do we look at in this series, Gary? I mean, it's definitely something I don't think any of us expected the Cardinals to really be this bad. But... <laughs> Here we are. I mean, the Cardinals have just as many, if not more, pitching problems than the Pirates do. So it really is going to come down to which one of these offenses is capable of taking advantage of that. And, um, I mean, the Cardinals have been 
I think, unparalleled bad this year, if only because they actually have some legitimate star power on that team. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they just can't make it matter. Um, That's how bad their pitching has been. And if you think about it, Pirates right now, there's 38 games left. They only have to win six to better their record from last year and guarantee that they don't lose 100 games. I think they'll do it. I, I but, think they can very well do that in the next two weeks. I mean, the point is they're they're going to have a better record, and and their pitching staff has been a mess, a mess this year. Um, the Brew Baker and Vince Velasquez injuries, I think, probably hurt them more than the O'Neill Cruz injury, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then Ortiz and Contreras not panning out right away, and Quinn Priester probably not being ready in the first place for a call up. Osvaldo Beto's done some, I think, decent work that nobody should have expected. So they've kind of gotten lucky, to be honest with you, that they're not in a worse position. They just have not had a pitching staff for the better part of the season. Yeah, the Cardinals haven't either. Yeah, and I agree 100%. A lot of people point to April as kind of a, okay, if that April doesn't happen, then they they're in a worse position, but guess what? The pitching staff was one of the best in baseball up to that point of the season. Mitch Keller was having his all-star campaign. Johan Oviedo was kind of having his breakout outside of the fact that he couldn't pitch in the first inning for the first two months. Uh, Vince Velasquez came along very well there until he got injured. And as, and you can note now that of the guys that you mentioned, two of them are in the rotation still out of the six or seven that Gary and I just mentioned. What I look at in this series, and I know I've kind of been throwing this in everybody's face, that wins and losses matter, but they don't matter as much as the improvements that we see from these young kids. This week in particular, that notion that I have goes out the window because you're playing a St. Louis Cardinals team that is about a half game behind you. You have the same amount of wins. And we've seen this team in the past, at least I have, being the, uh, the young ripe age I am where I've seen three combined playoff wins where the Cardinals have been the team that the Pirates have had to overcome. The Cubs were one for a year, but it was typically the St. Louis Cardinals. So when they're in a position, especially a vulnerable position like they are now, I think a series win, especially at home for these kids, not for the veterans, like Kutch knows how to beat the Cardinals. He's done it before. He did it in one of the more memorable like moments of PNC Park history in that 11th inning comeback game. He's done it before. But for these kids to go out there and get another series win against St. Louis, which, again, they've done this season before. They've actually played very well against this Cardinals team this year. I think that would mean more than a lot of different things that we've seen lately, like this twin series we just watched over the weekend. Yeah, it sucks to lose the series, but – if you're telling me we lose the series against Minnesota and then come out and win this series against St. Louis, I think that means a lot more to these kids and the young players than it would beating the Twins. Just That's just my opinion on that. I mean, if you're trying to lay down positive events for them to look back on or, or milestones for them to look at for growth, sure. Most yeah. of these kids, though, St. Louis isn't the boogeyman. No. So, like, they, they're not looking at them the same way that we Pirates fans are. Like, they don't remember Colton Wong abusing them for half a decade. They don't remember 
Yachty Molina suddenly like looking like Babe Ruth against us. And they don't, they don't remember Wainwright, you know, just mystifying them with 87 mile an hour curveballs all night long. This isn't going to mean anything to them. I don't think as far as like, you know, um, reaching anything, they're going to beat a team they should beat. And I think that's really what you want them to come out of it feeling. You want them to feel like this is a team they should beat and hope that it carries over in the next year, regardless of what the Cardinals or Pirates do to their roster. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) you're looking at these rosters and as you said, I mean, for the Cardinals, when you're looking at these two records, for the Pirates, I mean, you could have expected this. They're they're a good competitive team. They're a competitive team, but they're not a good team, is what I was getting at there. For the Cardinals, though, like you mentioned earlier, when you have a Nolan Arenado and a Paul Goldschmidt in your lineup, and a budding young guy, <clears throat> young guy who's getting better in Nolan Gorman, you, you got to like have results for that. But when your pitching has been as bad as it is, and you still can't overcome it with those guys. That's a testament to how bad this team is playing. Now, I did see a funny stat the other day about the Cardinals offense that they do currently have six players that are above a 2.0 or higher that are qualified for that to count, which doesn't surprise me. The Cardinals offense hasn't really been the issue with them this year. And I think the key for the Pirates in this series is going to, like you said, going to get after that starting pitching and specifically get after the bullpen because their bullpen has been just about, if not as worse as their starting pitching has been either. And I think for the Cardinals, they're going to attack it the same way against Pittsburgh. They're going to try to get our starters out quickly. They're going to try to get to our bullpen, which to me has gotten a lot better over the last couple of weeks, Gary. If I, that's something I've seen from yeah. them. And I think that's basically going to be the difference. But I would say I think the Pirates do win this series because they rightfully should. They, right. I mean, they should win this series. It's There's a home. reason, too, that they've done better against St. Louis, that I think, this year. And, and that's because as bad as we all feel from watching all season that, that the Pirates' approach at the plate is, well, it's perfect for facing the Cardinals because the Cardinals are a nibble team. They're not a stuffed team when it comes to the pitching um, surface, at least, you know, not outside of the bullpen anyway. So they're going to nibble you. And if they're going to nibble you, as long as you have a fair umpire, Pirates are going to get rid of that starting rot- that starter pretty quick. Miles Michaelis is the only one that has the capability to pitch inside the zone and get outs in that rotation right now, consistently. And. Yeah. And as we don't see take, him this series. Right. And as long as they take that approach, they're they're going to do their damage. They will. They'll get into that bullpen and they'll beat them up. Oh, yeah. I, I truly think you're going to look at this offense after this series and you're going to feel pretty good about them. Yeah. And I uh, hopefully the sentiment that me and Gary are telling you guys here transfers to the diamond. Of course, the Pittsburgh Pirates will kick off this week of – all NL Central games. Well, of course, I mentioned we'll talk about the Cubs uh, series a little bit later this week on the show. But before we get into Paul Skeens and where he could be going next, he's been doing some good things, folks. We're going to talk about game time. And if you could find out where Paul Skeens is going next and you can use the game time app to go to wherever he's going to be, I think it's going to be Altoona. But we'll get into that in just a moment because game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. 
Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Your tickets get to you in a matter of seconds with about two taps on your phone. And speaking of your phone, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app today, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. And download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. If you want to catch the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, make sure you download the SiriusXM app. I don't know who's on radio tonight. I never really do. I find out right when the game comes on because then I'm like, okay, the other crew is over there. Does that really matter in terms of what we're about to talk about? No, (laughs) because ever since Paul, I'm going to figure out his middle name because he's about to get the full name treatment on this show or how good he's been lately. Paul Skeens has debuted twice for the Pittsburgh Pirates already. He's debuted at the Florida Complex League through a scoreless inning, made Walker Jenkins look silly on a pitch, loved it. Goes to Bradenton, gives up a hit on his first – at bat in Bradenton, guy gets all the way to the third, forgets that there's two, uh, one out in the inning. He gets out of that inning scoreless. He pitched again on Sunday. I believe he went two innings this time, right, and had a uh, scoreless inning as well. Now, does this mean anything to what he's going to be at the major league level? Probably not. But what you can look at at every single start that you're seeing for Paul Skeens, you know the fastball is elite. We all know that. Anytime he throws the fastball right now, Gary, when I'm looking at him and watching these games, I I don't care. I know he's going to throw the fastball fine. It's been the question of are the other pitches that he throws going to catch up with the fastball? And so far, I've liked what I've seen from that changeup. He's used that slider really well. It's like a sweeping slider. He has like, he, apparently from what I've been reading, he has two different sliders. One sweeps across the zone and the other is like a fastball and it's like a cut fastball, but they consider it a slider. So I've been seeing good things with the pitch mix. And I've also noticed that every single time he's went out there, he's seen to throw like more pitches or like a variety of pitches rather than just the fastball that we saw in the first outing. So now that we've seen four innings of Skeens, there's been the rumblings that he's going to move up. I said Skeens to Altoona, question mark, because that's not confirmed, but that's what I would expect, is that he would just leapfrog leapfrog Greensboro and go to Altoona. But what are your thoughts on all this? What do you you think the plan with Skeens for the rest of the year will be uh, in terms of how they move him up? I, I agree with you. I think he'll go to Altoona. Um, Jason Mackey, he's pretty much the most plugged in, I would say, reporter, um, even if that's by the Pirates' choice, that he's the most plugged in reporter. Um, he, he tends to know this stuff. He tweeted that he would bet his paycheck that he's going to be in Altoona on the 25th. I agree. I think he probably will be. Um I also don't expect him to go more than two innings. I doubt they'll go any further than that with him. Uh, And I don't think it'll stop there. I think he'll wind up in Indianapolis this year. Um, Good shot because Dylan Cruz is getting 
bumped up to double A too. Good shot that those two wind up facing each other in Indianapolis towards the end of the season, believe it or not. Uh, and that could that could set up for a pretty cool thing. Um but yeah, I think he'll he'll keep progressing like this. The thing I was most worried about, Ethan, it's funny you say that you were worried about the other pitches, because the thing I was most worried about was the fastball. The 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 scouts seemed to think that the movement on that those pitches were a little bit underwhelming, mm-hmm. but the velocity was great. Well, everything we've seen so far, I mean, he's putting 15 inches of vertical break on that fastball. It's crazy. So that's plenty. I, I, I just, I'm out of worry here. I really am. And I think the pirates will hold him back and keep and, and make sure they get the extra year next year. You know, um, but I, I don't think that we're looking at a guy that's not going to debut next year, barring injury. And I agree 100%. A lot of people will be upset with the whole, oh, they're going to get the extra year and hold him back. But I don't think that's a bad thing for him. I don't think it's a bad thing for him to potentially start 2024 at Indianapolis or even in Altoona just to get his confidence up there to get him his legs under him for a full season. Because I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand about when you're drafting pitchers that first year that they pitch full time in the major leagues is a completely different animal than what Paul Skeens was doing at LSU. Now I know he pitched a lot and he did, but still having that set prime schedule that you don't really get at the college level as much is going to be something that he's going to have to get used to. And I would rather him get used to it at the minor league level where he's going to dominate opposing hitters. He's going to get his legs under him. He probably, in my opinion, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. He'll probably start in Altoona next year. That's what I'm thinking. He'll start there. He'll maybe make like two or three starts there just to get his legs under him be in Indianapolis until June or whenever the Super 2 date is, and right when that Super Super 2 date hits, he'll be in Pittsburgh, like matching up with his starts. That's just how it'll be. Now, I know for everybody listening, you probably hate the two words, Super 2. I don't like them either, but it's just how baseball works, and you know the Pirates are going to do it. They did it with O'Neal Cruz last year. They did it with Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis this year. They're going to do it next year with Paul Skeens. In 2025, they're going to do it with Termar Johnson. It's just how they operate, folks. It has nothing to do with how good or how bad the player is doing. It has to do with the fact that you can get Paul Skeens for practically free for another year. Now, you're going to have to pay him arbitration, obviously, which is going to get up there for how good he's going to be. But we're not talking about the contract that he could potentially get if he does indeed have a phenomenal start to his career and the contract he could get on the free agent market being a top ace, which is what his stealing is. And I'll just cut in here again and remind people that Super 2 is not the same as that extra year of control that I'm talking about. You get that extra year of control just by holding them back for about three weeks at the beginning of the season. Gotcha. That, to me, is absolutely fine you do that and you have a player like that for seven years you don't do that you have them for six super two is about saving money it's about making one year about arbitration as opposed to not arbitration that's all it is it's about saving money 
and maximum, even if this guy is a Hall of Famer and looks it from the jump, you're talking about a couple million dollars. Mm -hmm. That's why that, yes, is an argument for why the Pirates are so cheap. Getting the extra year, smart. Going for Super 2, cheap. Two different things. Yeah, and one thing that I want to preface to everybody, too. Now, this is long, long, long time from now. There's a lot of things that are going to happen in Paul Skeen's career in Pittsburgh or elsewhere, depending on what happens. If he stays healthy for seven years and he pitches like a top ace in this rotation for seven years, that is one of the biggest slam dunks you could ever get as a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because I've already heard the, the Twitter trolls or the X trolls, whatever you want to call them. Oh, well, he'll just be there and then get traded somewhere else. Okay, that's fine. If he pitches for us for seven years and does a phenomenal job, that's a winning draft pick. You don't get pitchers like that every, once, every blue moon. You don't get them every draft. So that's what the Pirates did here. Because I've seen people also argue about the whole Dylan Cruz thing and all that. Yeah, I get that too. The Pirates have bats in the system that you haven't even seen at the major league level yet, counting the fact that they had 12 debuts, and that's just so far. They could still have more. It's very possible. I doubt it, but it's it's something that could happen. And that's just where I will end it with Paul Skeens to where we, I think, agree as far as Jason Mackey's reporting has gone that we will probably see him on Friday in Altoona. A lot of other things go into that decision, too, by the way, about if the team's on the road or at home. I'm sure with skis being so new, they want them to be in their facilities, yeah. making sure everything is how it needs to be, limiting travel, all kinds of stuff like that. Now, speaking of those debuts, I tweeted this out yesterday after Codify uh, tweeted, uh, tweeted it out that the Pirates have the second most debuts this year behind, of course, the Cincinnati Reds, who have 14. The Pirates have 12. And this got a mixed reaction because, you know, some of these guys have been decent. Some of these guys have been sent back down. You have Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Alika Williams, Osvaldo Beto, Quinn Priester, Drew Maggi, well, throw that one out the window. Carmen Majinski, Colin Selby, Jared Triolo, Jose Hernandez, and Cody Bolt. Now, I know a lot of people probably read that too and said, what about Leo Piguero? He debuted last year. I know a lot of people forgot about it, but it was like that short series where he debuted last year. You hear that list, and then you look at where those guys have been, and a lot of people say, okay, well, you have some guys that are performing well. You have some guys that have been sent back down, haven't performed as well. But what that means to me is that the Pirates are making decisions every, not every day, but allowing these kids to play, it allows the front office to see physical stats that they can make decisions on this offseason. Gary has said it on this show countless times about how many position players he expects to be on this, like available at spring training that are going to be fighting for roster spots. And that's before they make any additions in the offseason, which everybody expects them to do as we expect them to keep moving up the ladder to eventually compete for the division. You then look at pitching. Pitching could be in the same light. 
they're going to go out and get pitching in free agency again and pitchers. There's going to be a lot of pitchers on this team that aren't going to make it out of spring training. So if you were looking across the board, who are some guys that you would think, like, I'm not saying that this is their last chance, but it's a very big possibility that it could be just with how things could shape out this offseason and going into spring training. I mean, there's some obvious ones. Rivas is one. Um, you know, I, I'd be shocked if, if they went into next year with him and Joe as the answers at first base. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that Connor Joe is at the very least going to be pushed to a bench role entirely. And if that's the case, you have to wonder what if they might want to upgrade that or if, hey, it could be that Kutch is that upgrade. It really could, because I don't think he should be a full-time DH next year either. So there's an awful lot of moving parts there. Those two in particular, Rivas and Joe. I think Jason DeLay has proven himself to be a pretty good um, backup catcher. I really do. And I, and I, I think they'd be, they'd be foolish to just let him go. I think he does some good things for the pitching staff. I think Mitch Keller has pretty much told you exactly what he thinks of throwing to Andy Rodriguez right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's important to keep a guy like that, even if Davis is going to move back behind the dish a little bit too. So I wouldn't say the delay is in, in any kind of danger. As far as the pitching staff goes, it's so hard to say because anyone that is starting could wind up in the bullpen. I don't think Andre Jackson has necessarily the skill set to be a starter in this league. No. But I do think he's a really good bullpen find. You hope that Perdomo's healthy. I think that was a nice find. That, that arm issue is scary. Um, Barucki's been pretty good. Um, I mean, I don't think he's great, but he's been pretty good. Beto has shown some things. Moretta, they have a ton of options. I don't know that we're at last chance territory for any of them, really and truly. Um, maybe Cody Bolton is getting close. He's been kind of the yo-yo guy this year, back and forth. Johan Ramirez is probably pretty close as far as like, hey, do we really want to keep trying this or not? Um, that's that's about it, though. For the most part, I think it's pretty wide open. Most Most of these people are going to get a chance next year um i don't think g1 bay could do anything to to work himself out of having an opportunity next spring i don't think nick gonzalez could either i don't think leo verpergero could so alika williams even he defensively you can't sit here and tell me he doesn't have value oh he does yeah yeah so it, it, it i i'm not gonna roll him out because i don't think you would give away somebody that you have on your bench who could come in and play some really, really clean shortstop. And hey, if it means you got to pull O'Neill Cruz in the ninth inning to make sure you get that win, so be it. Yeah. And going to the DH thing, too, that you brought up, I am interested to see how they handle all that because Andrew McCutcheon being a full time DH has not been a bad thing for him at all. I think he's done fine this year, but also. If Henry Davis doesn't improve defensively in right field and you want his bat to stay in the lineup, but Endy's bat has to stay in the lineup at catcher, then what other choice do you have? Then, sure. like, what if Nick Gonzalez is good and so is G1 Bay and 
So yeah. is Pagaro and so is Cruz. You're going to have to have places for these guys to hit. I don't think you can afford to clog it up with a 37-year-old veteran. Now, I think Kutch has done well here, but I'd like to see Kutch more in a role of like, hey, against uh, tough lefties, yeah, we we might want to throw him out there. But to me, Kutch has got to be able to play a little bit of right right field. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to use him the way I use Connor Joe. Yeah. Minus first base. I need to be able to throw him in at DH every once in a while. I need to be able to toss him out in the outfield every once in a while. I'm also not looking to give him 140 games. I'd, I'd like to see him maybe play around 100. I, I think you, you reduce his role, keep him fresh, use him wisely. Kutch is a great person to have on this team. Yeah, but and, and I think it's a role that he would embrace too. Like I don't think it's something he'd be like, oh, you're going to cut all this? Like No, he's, he's going to embrace that kind of role. Because then at that point, he's more of a teacher, which is what he's already doing. But then he's also not only teaching, but making the team better. And that's something that I'd even not even be mad at seeing this year with Henry Davis. This is something I'll probably talk a little bit more about tomorrow. I just think they're having him focus on too many things at once right now. And I think DHing for him would go a long way in terms of his development in terms like for Henry Davis. But also that takes away from the fielding. But I just think they have so much that they're trying to make him focus on right now. Any last thoughts on this, though, Gary? Any last thoughts on any guys that you're extremely excited to see down the stretch of the year? I mean, hopefully O'Neill Cruz at some point. Yeah, O'Neill Cruz, obviously, um, would be nice. I don't know what we'll learn from from this time back. It's going to be more of a get-your-feet-wet-again situation. Mm -hmm. And, oh, yeah, that's right. We did have that big freak that can, can do these amazing things. Boy, that could have made a difference this year, something along those lines. Uh, I'm really looking to see Mitch Keller finish strong. Mm-hmm. I'd like him to put his stamp on the rotation. And because I think it's really, really important, I'd like to see Johan Oviedo make sure there's no question as to whether he's in this rotation or not next year. And for that, he's going to have to just pick up a little bit of consistency. It, there, there's things that he falls back on and and some some mental errors i think that we see with the pitch clock and and just not necessarily wanting to look at the at the hitter there's little things like that that i think he's going to need to to work through but if he's not counted on next year they are in a lot of trouble because i don't see them going out and buying three and if you're gonna sell hey we're competing this year you can't go into the season with like Jared Jones, Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, o- no. Ortiz, and Keller. You you can't do that. Too many kids. No way. Those guys all might factor in, but you better start with some better guns than that. Yeah, and I agree 100%. Of course, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Gary Morgan Monday here on the Locked on Pirates podcast. Guys, we're probably going to see a lot of Gary next week, but we'll talk about that later Uh, in the week as well guys make sure you check out his five thoughts at five and of course the pirates fan forum if you missed the anniversary show was last week it was really good for myself i'll be doing game recaps this tuesday and thursday for the second game of the cardinal series and the opener of the cub series so you can find that at inside the bucks basement 
Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. You can follow Gary at GaryMo2007. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the flip side.